Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, on Telegram, US UK Patriot, and on Truth Social, Success Alchemist. Today is the 6th of May, 2023, and the title of today's show is... Rats Abandon Biden's Ship, The English Coronation, The War for the World, and at the end, some good news. And another week of um, very interesting developments in the world. Uh, there's a lot more coming out about what Bi the Biden family have been up to, and even to the point of threatening to impeach Biden because Apparently, he was involved in receiving payments from different countries in order to push certain policies through. So basically bribery. And uh, the news says that the indictments against Hunter Biden are imminent, although it seems to be very low-key stuff, just tax issues and the fraudulent gun application that he made there's no mention of the child pornography on there or the pedophilia and also nothing about all these um, financial transactions that are on the laptop and these were revealed in Garrett Ziegler his report 634 page report which went into all the information, and you can find that on marcopolousa.com. So we know the DOJ is weaponized, and obviously they're going to go softly, softly on the Biden family. But I think this is all beginning to fall apart now, as you'll see in the reports that I'm going to cover in this show. So let's start with Benjamin Fulford's report his weekly report which came out on monday this is where the opening part of the title is from rats abandon biden's ship as u.s financial implosion accelerates and he opens with a warning that there is a pirate site on telegram that is using his material and also pretending to be him to sell fraudulent cryptocurrency. So he's contacted the founders of Telegram so that they can put a stop to all this. And he'll be taking action if they don't. Okay, with that out of the way, let us look at what is happening around the world. There, the biggest story remains the ongoing implosion of the fake Joe Biden administration. This has reached the point where... Hillary Clinton Rockefeller was forced to write a warning on the Kazarian Mafia propaganda New York Times 
that a financial system collapse was imminent. Remember when Killary introduced her friend George Soros and he mentioned his interest wanting to get involved in US elections? The internet sure doesn't. Why? Because it has been scrubbed from the internet for the most part. And he includes a copy of the file that was archived years ago, he said. This is not a financial system collapse. It is the end of Babylonian debt slavery. The most visible sign of this was the de facto bankruptcy of First Republic Bank. They were taken under control of the FDIC last weekend after depositors withdrew $100 billion or over 60% of deposits in the month of March alone. This is part of a general revolt by the American people against their criminal and fraudulent banking system that has taken enough money out of the system, at least $1.5 trillion, in the past month to bankrupt all of the banks and not just First Republic. The FDIC has already used up its war chest, so any announcements of bailouts or purchases by the likes of J.P. Morgan will be lies and fraud. The Rockefeller-owned United States of America Corporation has stolen people's tax refunds and thus given itself enough money to last until July, but the rats are bailing out of the sinking ship. The announcement by Susan Rice that she was leaving the fake regime means the communist faction around Barack Obama has split with the Rockefellers. Overall, over 47% of Biden's A-team have now resigned. This is why they're bailing out. The investigation into the Biden family crimes has now revealed that at least nine members of the family were involved in the family's money laundering schemes. At least nine Biden family members sold access for profit around the world. They are the definition of a crime family. This isn't just about bribes for influence. This is about trafficking children for the purposes of being sold into sexual slavery and tortured. There is also a revolt taking place inside the corporate propaganda media. The firing of Tucker Carlson by Rupert Murdoch is a case in point. In the past, firing people from corporate media and putting them on a blacklist meant poverty and the end of careers for most corporate media slaves. Carlson alluded to this with these comments made after he was fired. If you told me the Department of Justice would have indicted decent Americans for criticizing the Biden administration and charged them with felonies for which they're each facing 10 years in prison, if you told me that could happen here, I would have laughed at you. And you, you see people you know become quizlings, saying things they don't believe because they want to keep their jobs. Fear of job loss is why corporate media whores have all been going along with the obvious lies. Now, however, thanks to the NSA and the Internet, genuine journalists could earn money and get the truth out without the corporate media. This is what happened with Carlson, who suddenly got a way bigger audience than he ever had with Murdoch. That is why Fox was forced to say Tucker Carlson is still working for them. It is obvious they are trying to get him to accept a huge bribe to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Even if Tucker takes the bribe and succumbs to whatever threats are being made against him, it is too late. The rest of the world is also treating the fake Biden and his group as pariahs. It has reached the point where the US corporation has had to murder the presidents of Mexico and Turkey 
two former close allies in an attempt to stay in control. Both President Recep Erdogan of Turkey and Lopetsa Obrador of Mexico suddenly vanished from public view last week, testing positive for COVID-19 after criticizing the U.S. administration. Our sources in the CIA say they were killed with energy weapons. However, the situation has reached the point where disgust against the U.S. regime is so widespread that killing a top leader and replacing him with a slave is not working. Both Erdogan and Obrador reappeared looking younger as a result of the uproar. However, if these replacements start reading U.S. propaganda, they will be removed immediately, Turkish and Mexican sources warn. Turkish Interior Minister Suleyman Soylu spoke for many when he said the American empire is losing its reputation. Europeans are Washington's assassins in Africa. That is why Africans hate them. In the end, it is the whole world that hates America. Mexican cartel sources say the fentanyl excuse used by the Americans to murder their president is wrong because fentanyl comes from China and all Americans need to do to prevent deaths is legalize and regulate it. They promised to avenge Obrador by targeting the people behind Biden. This is a real threat because 20 million or more Mexicans live in the US, mostly in the Southwest. Believe it or not, many of them talk about a reconquista. As things stand, over 85% of the world's people and nations have now revolted against the Rockefeller rule-based world order. As we have mentioned in previous reports, even Europe has also already de facto revolted. Now it looks like the last true Rockefeller slave states are Korea, Japan and Taiwan. This is about to change. Last week, a representative of the White Dragon Society met a representative of North Korea and the Japanese underground to discuss the future of the region. The North Koreans explained the Japanese military was about to stage a full-scale revolt against the slave regime of Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. Japan should learn the lessons of the past from its unreasonable and cruel economic suppression by the U.S. in the late 1980s. Chinese ambassador to Japan, Wu Yanghao, told the Japanese press last week he was preaching to the choir. There is a consensus among the Japanese military and intellectual leadership that the vaccine pushing Kishida and his entire government will be removed, the source explained. The North Koreans also said they now had over 100 nuclear weapons, ranging from small to very large. They said they were going to put their population into underground shelters or disperse them into the countryside. They would then target New York, Silicon Valley and Geneva with these weapons in order to force the reunification of the Korean Peninsula. The WDS, that's the White Dragon Society, I believe, said they would prevail because the U.S. military would not be willing to trade New York and Greater Los Angeles for Pyongyang. This is especially true because the U.S. cannot put its people into underground shelters. However, the WDS asked the North Koreans to wait for a few months until the collapse of the U.S. corporation because then the situation could be resolved peacefully. This would include regime change in Japan and the peaceful reunification of Taiwan with China. 
This tension in East Asia was seen in public with comments by the fake must Biden about North Korea. And it's got a video and he says, notice the fake presidential seal on the front of the podium. De facto North Korean leader Kim Yo-yong dismissed this North Korean end of the regime comment by the fake Biden as a nonsensical remark from the person in his dotage who is not at all capable of taking the responsibility for security and the future of the US, an old man with no future as it is too much for him to serve out the two-year remainder of his office term. In addition to financial collapse, a legal dragnet is closing in on Biden and the entire Khazarian Mafia leadership. As Archbishop Carlo Vigano wrote in a letter to President Donald Trump, the investigations already underway will reveal the true responsibility of those who manage the COVID emergency, not only in the area of health care, but also in politics, the economy and the media. We will probably find out that in this colossal operation of social engineering, there are people who have decided the fate of humanity, arrogating to themselves the right to act against the will of citizens and their representatives in the governments of nations. Also in the US, the Brunson brothers are continuing their legal attack on the corrupt Supreme Court by filing charges against three of the judges. This has forced them to hire lawyers who argue they are just too important to be sued, that they should be immune to such things and that, in so many words, are above the law. The wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind to dust. Soon these judges will be going to jail. Justice will be coming not just to the US, but also Australia, Canada and the UK. As Australian Senator Malcolm Roberts says, we know and we knew that it was all bullshit and we've been had, but we are going to hunt you down and hold you accountable. We will expose your global agenda. It is pretty much the same story as with Castrudo in Canada. Multiple investigations are zeroing in on this criminal traitor. The people of Taiwan, for example, have pointed out Castrudeau was paid by China for access and who knows else what. Castrudeau is also repeatedly spotted cavorting with Alexander Soros. Since this information was sent by the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, you know it is only a matter of time before the Canadian military takes action. In a desperate battle to stay in control, the Castrudeau government put in power through Soros election fraud, has passed a government internet censorship law, but that won't help their case, as this news item shows. And it's a tweet from Canada Proud. Breaking Trudeau's censorship bill, C-11 has passed the Senate and will become law. This is a dark day for free speech in Canada. And it goes on in a second tweet. The Albertan government says it will require Trudeau's firearm confiscators to be licensed by the province, with speculation that they will thereafter issue zero licenses to confiscators. The head of the BBC has resigned over his failure to disclose an alleged financial favour he did two years ago for then Prime Minister Boris Johnson, the man who appointed him. In the UK, multiple corruption probes are closing in on Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, 
It turns out he spent millions of taxpayers' money on the UK National Emergency Alarm System, contracted to Fujitsu, who subcontracted it out to Infosys, started by Rishi Sunak's father-in-law, N.R. Narayana Murthy, currently managed by Sunak's millionaire's wife. Ah, now I see that explains it. Here's a smashing story. That phone alert yesterday, which cost the taxpayer millions, was contracted to Fujitsu. They subcontracted it out to a company called Infosys. A woman owns it. Here's her husband. And this is um, a social media post. I don't know where from exactly, but it has got a photo of Rishi Sunak in there. We thought having a UK prime minister of Indian descent would be a good move for the UK in geopolitical terms. But a corrupt WEF slave is not good. Of course, the rest of the world is not going to wait passively for the Anglos to clean up their act. A move against the US dollar, their main source of power, is gaining momentum. Since China is now in de facto control of the US dollar outside of the United States, India is leading this move. Asia's richest banker and chief executive of Kotak Mahindra Bank, Uday Kotak, says the US dollar is the biggest financial terrorist in the world, later adding what I meant was that a reserve currency has disproportionate power. Over 18 countries are now trading directly with India in rupees. Now Argentina and Indonesia are joining this move away from the Chinese-US dollar. The KM, Khazarian Mafia, is now desperately trying to replace the US dollar and euro with a digital euro they hope to impose by before mid-June, i.e. before the USA corporation goes bankrupt. This is a doomed last-ditch effort to save the Babylonian debt slavery financial system. As analyst John Rubino says, the current global financial system is a Ponzi scheme and the new money spigot has been turned off. Excitement is about to ensue. You can't taper a Ponzi scheme. The collapse of the Ponzi scheme will lead to the collapse of all the institutions of the matrix, including NATO, the WHO and the International Criminal Court. South African President Ramaphosa is joining many other countries by declaring his country will exit the ICC after they issued an arrest warrant for Russian President Vladimir Putin. And ICC is the International Criminal Court. And it's actually got a screenshot of a tweet from Simon Ataba. And he's on Twitter and basically saying that the Biden regime, the Dems, are out to get him and are putting together some new rules for restricting access to what's known as a hard press pass. And I think this would then um, prevent him from going to the White House press events. The tweet reads, Breaking South African President Cyril Ramaphosa says his country has decided to leave the International Criminal Court after Putin arrest warrant. And this is from todaynewsafrica.com, which is the uh, press service uh, that Simon Ataba leads and founded. The WHO is also headed for hell and then oblivion. Dr. Tess Laurie says the WHO wants to introduce 500 vaccinations by 2030. If the WHO reaches its goal, 
Each of us from birth to death is to receive 500 vaccinations in our lifetime. We would have to call the WHO the World Vaccine Organization. This is one of the many reasons why Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, Tedros Ghebreyesus, Alex Azar, Ralph Barrick, Peter Daszak, Drosten, Albert Bourla, Stefan Bansell, Klaus Schwab, Rockefellers, Rothschilds and the DOD are accused of war crimes involving the injection of biological weapons. The latest evidence of their crimes comes from the holy warriors in Sudan. They seized a biolab there containing dangerous viruses, which was funded by Fauci, Bill Gates, DOD and CDC. And there's a screenshot of a post from somewhere, it doesn't say where, Biolab in Sudan has been intentionally attacked. Viruses have been released now. Watch what happens next. As these documents show, these bioweapons were being financed by a Hunter Biden company known as Metabiota, with 10% going for the big guy. That's why they're freaking out like this. All their dirty secrets are out in the open, a CIA source comments. We also note the holy warriors in Sudan closed off the Rothschild-owned and controlled Central Bank of Sudan, thus closing off a major human trafficking outlet. The Rothschilds are trying to get out of this by sucking up to China. That is why Chinese leader Xi Jinping spoke to their agent Vladimir Zelensky Wednesday. We discussed a, a full range of topical issues of bilateral relations, Particular attention was paid to the ways of possible cooperation to establish a just and sustainable peace for Ukraine, Zelensky said in a statement. What our sources say is that a decision has been made to wind down the genocide disguised as the Ukraine war and start a Ukraine reconstruction feeding frenzy instead. That may be why the Russian Wagner Group is getting its supplies cut off, as this news item hints. When asked if perhaps the military didn't want to provide weapons to Wagner out of a fear that the mercenary group might storm the Kremlin and seize power, Wagner Group founder Yevgeny Prigozhin conceded that the idea is interesting but said he wasn't focused on staging a coup. If the Russians don't stage a coup, the Polish might. As Polish intelligence sources explain, the Minister of Agriculture rewards large foreign corporations with a large income, but they buy from farmers below their production costs. The government is consciously trying to get city dwellers to quarrel with the countryside. They added the latest Polish joke, as in a joke told by Polish people, is... They say that in Poland, inflation is 17% and prices are 253.57% higher. In any case, all this is about to change because, as Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov told the UN Security Council, no one has allowed the Western minority to speak for all of humanity. In a sign of what will be possible once this minority is removed, scientists have figured out a way to increase human lifespans by 82%. The scientists behind this discovery say ethics is the main obstacle to making this discovery available to the common person. By ethics, he was referring to these unidentified gatekeepers who have been suppressing any and all science that allows humans to genetically improve themselves. 
These are the same people, by the way, who are trying to pacify us by creating a fake space exploration program, as this latest exposure of NASA fraud shows. And it shows a couple of photos showing that um, images have been doctored from places on Earth to make it look like it's Mars or some other planet. And then he ends the article with his usual images and videos of alien-related encounters. Now, moving on to the coronation of King Charles III, which happened today. And I've actually just seen some photos pop up. And I have to say, Charles and Camilla do look ridiculous in their massive crowns and regalia and everything. Well, this is is an article from Substack, Dr. Tess Laurie, which is very different from what you can expect from the monarchist mainstream media, fake news. This was written on Thursday. London eerily quiet on the coronation eve of a WEF puppet king in memory of the lovely Diana Frances Spencer. The coronation of King Charles is likely to be a sombre, if not menacing, affair if the mood in London this week is anything to go by. Roads around central London are closed and lined with police vehicles of all descriptions, with hundreds, if not thousands, of police in layered high-visibility and bulletproof vests wielding machine guns and manning checkpoints in preparation for the coronation of this unpopular man. Grim officials look brief to expect the worst. Sturdy wire metal barriers will certainly keep the riffraff a good distance away. A taxi driver told me that business in London is bad and that this city, with its increasingly punitive restrictions on the ordinary man, is eerily quiet. Due to raised congestion charges, it now costs him almost £1,000 to drive on the streets that his taxis maintain before he can even start to earn his living. He kindly took this photo of me on the empty streets in front of St Paul's Cathedral where Charles and Diana were married in 1981. I was 14 in July 1981 when sweet Diana Spencer married Charles Windsor. Like millions of people around the world, I tuned into the telly to watch the so-called fairy tale royal wedding. According to reports, the events marked a high point in the royal family's popularity, watched by a global television audience of 750 million in 74 countries. In Britain, a public holiday was declared and 600,000 people lined the streets of London. Watching on our first family television set, I felt conflicted and bemused. In the run-up to the wedding, we had seen a shy and very young girl splashed all over the media. Just turned 20 and six years older than me at the time, I felt sorry for her having to get married to such an old man, as I perceived Charles to be at 33. I wondered what her parents thought and why they had agreed. The notion of any physical intimacy between the two was abhorrent to my young romantic heart, and I just could not make any sense of it. It felt as if Diana had been sold, and I wondered at what price. It was not the large age difference that was striking, but what, rather the youthfulness and obvious naivety of Diana. She was but a girl, and as a girl too, I empathised with her. According to the Sun newspaper, following a whirlwind romance, the pair got engaged when Diana was 19 
and married when she was 20 years old. The inappropriate glamorization of a marriage between this older prince and young bride was not lost on me. That this was not a fairy tale wedding nor a match made in heaven was corroborated by Diana's subsequent appearances where she often looked miserable, subdued and or very thin. Hounded and objectified by a heartless media, Diana became their Barbie doll to be dressed and undressed. Navigating uncharted and often hostile territory with intuition, a sense of humour and strong resolve, the young Diana grew into a powerful woman, yet to her royal family she was made to feel like a non-starter and little more than a broodmare. At school, British children learned this little phrase to remember by rote the fate of King Henry VIII's six wives. It goes, divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. The brutal power of the monarchy and the audacity to act as a lawn to itself is well known throughout history. Not only did Henry kill two wives, among others he slaughtered Catholics during his reign and declared himself supreme head of the Church of England. What a dark basis for a religion. Henry robbed the people and the monasteries, created wars and spent lavishly. This is the sort of behaviour that kings were permitted in the old days, or more likely people were held in such murderous servitude there was little they could do to dissent. However, even today the British people tend to turn a blind eye. Instead of demanding accountability for the often shocking royal goings-on, until recently we have accepted their use as opium for a sick nation, to be exploited by the unscrupulous whenever a major distraction is needed. In 1997, at the age of 36, Princess Diana died following a car crash in Paris when out with her friend, lover and filmmaker Dodi Al-Fayed. Dodi's death in the crash was all but ignored and many questions raised about this devastating event were quashed by the controlled investigation that followed. From what I recall, it laid the blame for Diana's death firmly at the door of the paparazzi who were trailing the lovers and the driver of the vehicle who was alleged to be drunk. Despite this, there is a 1995 note in Diana's handwriting that says, My husband is planning an accident in my car, brake failure and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for him to marry Tiggy, who is, of course, Camilla. At least one documentary film that has been made since has revealed that Diana knew she was going to die young and had said as much. It reports that she would say, I think they're going to kill me. I'm going to finish in an accident, helicopter, plane or car crash. Who are they to whom she refers, I wonder? Are they the same they exploiting us or is this they closer to home? Who would have wanted Diana out of the way? her cold, cuckolded husband who was in a relationship with another, or a broader conspiracy. Certainly not the British people who loved her and to whom she was known as the people's princess. There's a considerable body of evidence to suggest that Princess Diane was murdered. Whether this is true or not, and who the guilty parties may be, needs to be fully and openly discussed. In fact, the time for this discussion is long overdue. At a time when great deceptions are being revealed, it is essential to revisit previously unspeakable possibilities. 
things that have been too ghastly to contemplate or have been hastily dismissed as conspiracy theories need to be re-examined to see what they reveal about our illusion of civilization and those we are given to worship. Murderous and treasonous behaviour by a king may have been simply unavoidable in the Middle Ages, but there is no place for it in an enlightened age. Another reason for London's gloomy atmosphere is no doubt due to additional concerns about the new King of England's allegiance to the World Economic Forum. In case you are unaware of the WEF, this is the unsavoury bunch that calls us hackable animals. It appears that Charles is part of this club that would have us reduced, chipped, prodded and subdued with unlimited genetic modifications and surveillance. The club that wants to rob us of our possessions, our personal data and our sovereignty. Would Charles be king in service to the British people or would this king be a WEF puppet king? In attempting to add royal legitimacy to this megalomaniac cabal, and the Great Reset in Davos in 2022, he has shown where his loyalties truly lie, in my opinion, and it is not with the British people. A clear illustration of this is his recent royal assent to new UK laws that allow gene-edited foods for us, the common people, to go unlabeled, despite eating only strictly organic food himself. The British people are sovereign, and I wonder whether this has been forgotten by the British monarchy. Sovereign beings are unique, standalone beings. We are our own land, our own territory, not to be bought or sold. We manage ourselves and solve our own problems and do not subscribe to the corporate cabal's anti-human ideology disguised as a think tank. We act on our conscience and know right from wrong. We know that we are all equal and no one is above the law. We know that people are innocent until proven guilty. Sadly, Charles appears to be integral to the Great Reset, in which it is planned that we, the people who pay for everything, will own less and less until we own nothing at all and are happy slaves, none the wiser about our true power and purpose here on this beautiful earth. Our current options as humanity, according to Charles's WEF associate Yuval Noah Harari, are either to be destroyed or upgraded. If Charles has pledged allegiance to the WEF cabal, and we are now being asked by the Archbishop of Canterbury, a man with no scientific expertise whatsoever, who gaslit many into taking experimental COVID vaccinations in the name of Jesus, trust the scientists they may be wrong but they know what they're doing better than we do and more recently appears to have been caught in a serious lie to colleagues to pledge allegiance to him in a so-called homage of the people where does this leave us if we comply to help navigate the answer to this question i will leave you with gentle words borrowed posthumously from diana queen of hearts only do what your heart tells you And what she's referring to is this pledge of allegiance that the people are being asked to make to King Charles. And I'm just going to cover that in the next article. And this is from the week.co.uk. Homage of the people should public pledge allegiance to King. Call for millions of citizens to take Coronation Day oath to newly crowned monarch Charles. And this was from the 2nd of May. 
plans to update the coronation of King Charles III by including a new homage of the people have triggered anger and mockery as the big day approaches. During the historic ceremony on Saturday 6th of May, millions of viewers worldwide will be invited to cry out and swear allegiance to the monarch, said ITV News, marking the first time in history that the public will play an active role in a coronation. The homage of the people will replace the traditional homage of peers, in which hereditary peers would pledge allegiance to the monarch in person. But while the change seems intended to, quote, widen access and engagement, end quote, with the ceremony, said LBC, critics claim the tone-deaf oath holds the people in contempt. A very generous invitation. According to The Sun, a furious palace row erupted on Sunday after the office for the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, unveiled plans for millions of citizens to pay homage to King Charles during the coronation. Viewers will be invited to say in unison, I swear that I will pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to law, so help me God. The oath idea must have seemed like an easy win for inclusivity and modernity, said the Daily Beast's royalist correspondent, Tom Sykes. But it seems no one thought to check with the people first, and turns out they aren't so keen. In an online poll for ITV's Good Morning Britain, 86.5% of more than 164,000 respondents said they would not participate. So just to let you know what the full oath of allegiance was, um, and this is the Archbishop of Canterbury, he will call upon all persons of goodwill in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and of the other realms and the territories to make their homage in heart and voice to their undoubted king, defender of all. The order of service will read, All who so desire in the Abbey and elsewhere say together, I swear that I will pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to law, so help me God. It will be followed by the playing of fanfare. The archbishop will then proclaim, God save the king, will all, with all ask to respond, God save King Charles, long live King Charles, may the king live forever. I mean, it's ridiculous. The king live forever? I mean, I think most of us know that Charles isn't actually Charles. He's a body double, but and we also know what the family is. Very satanic. And so maybe he's a vampire because vampires do live forever. I think it's just so arrogant. And, you know, as it was saying, 86% of the people polled said they would not be saying it. We're not in medieval times anymore. And, of course, Charles and Camilla are not liked, particularly because many people believe he was behind the death of Diana. So, anyway, uh, I'm not going to cover any more. I won't <laughs> give them the honour of spending any more time on them. I'm now going to cover this article. It's another substack from Joseph Sanson. And it's titled The War for the World, and this was published yesterday. And it's a really good follow-on, actually, from this report about Charles being very much in the pockets of the WEF. Alex Jones titled his book The Great Reset and the War for the World. The title was spot on. 
there is indeed a war for the world going on. In the balance is the continued existence of the human race. There is no going back. The war for the world started in earnest in January of 2020 when the global pandemic was released. It accelerated with the lockdowns, there's that prison term again, face masks, social distancing, the little lines on the floor, standing six feet apart, and then went into hyperdrive with the fake 2020 election and the C-19 bioweapon shots. Escalation in this conflict has continued, even if the method of attack continues to shift. Like a boa constrictor tightening its grip, the globalists are implementing a methodical campaign of marginalization. Censorship, deplatforming, and outright cancelling are the norm for those that are not obedient to their new masters. Herding people into 15-minute cities, managing their behavior with a social credit score, using advanced technologies like centralized digital bank currencies for total control are all in play and with a sadistic pleasure to boot. While this unrestricted warfare is being waged against human populations, the parade keeps marching on. The same old debates are being waged. A grossly feigned ignorance of the situation continues by the political, media and corporate class. Politicians and their fans are like the band playing its music to a mind-numb audience long after the Titanic hit the iceberg. Even worse, any mention of a lifeboat causes consternation and discomfort. It's as if pointing out that we hit an iceberg some ways back and that we can live if we get to the lifeboats was enhancing the problem rather than the solution. The disconnect between politicians and the electorate continues to widen. This is fueled by the fact that elections are increasingly fake and the means of recourse called the ballot box has vanished. This willful ignorance among politicians is evident in the presidential race. Not one candidate has called out the campaign of biological warfare against the United States. Trump and DeSantis have not admitted this either. It is hard to be America first and look the other way while Americans are being murdered and maimed with biological weapons. Even RFK Jr. has not admitted the shots are biological weapons. This appears a global campaign of extermination. The C-19 shots are utilizing gene editing technologies and nanoparticles. These are biological and technological weapons. Yet we are left with a situation where not one politician in America of any prominence has stated that these are biological and technological weapons. Increasingly, the public is aware that they were lied to and these injections were not safe nor effective. In fact, it is already known that the government hid factual information about the dangerous side effects of these weapons. Keep in mind, the federal government was aware of the dangers of these shots by the spring of 2021, before the major rollout. Actually, the deep state was aware that these shots were dangerous since mRNA technology was a DARPA project for over a decade. In a fascinating interview with German Alternative Party member and member of the European Parliament, Christine Anderson, she discusses several issues, including the new planned concentration camps called 15-minute cities. 
Anderson rightly points out the breadth and scope of the totalitarianism is more comprehensive today and with current technology we will not be facing short-term totalitarianism like the Nazis or the Soviets with 70 or 80 years. The current technology enables a near-permanent or at the very least a tyranny that will last centuries if not longer. Anderson speaks about her father's experience and imprisonment in East Germany before finally fleeing to West Germany. She speaks about the government informants and also about why it is important to question everything about government. Anderson also points out that most people would like to think that they would have been in the resistance against the communists and the Nazis. However, She highlights the uncomfortable fact that those that have remained silent the past three years would have remained silent back then too. Were you an informant? Did you force or coerce a mask on another human being? Did you coerce an injection? Have you spoken out? Have you become actively engaged in the resistance? Are you doing enough? These are the questions that each individual must ask themselves. Once the totalitarian mechanisms are firmly in place, they may be impossible to remove. A thousand years of darkness is not unplausible, although it may be unlikely that the human race will exist beyond a few generations other than those kept around as spare parts for the transhumanist technocrats. These climate change cultists have a deep-rooted hatred of humanity and of God. It is as if they seek to purge the planet of humanity. Their twisted transhumanist goals of merging humanity with artificial intelligence seems lifted straight from a C.S. Lewis novel called That Hideous Strength. In this novel, the twisted transhumanists believed that they were speaking to artificial intelligence via a decapitated head. It was, in fact, fallen angels that they were communicating with instead. It is not that difficult to imagine that those waging war against the human race are under the influence of dark entities or that those looking the other way are under a similar influence. Whatever the motivation, the fact remains, there is indeed a war for the world that went into full swing in early 2020. The technology being deployed appears to alter DNA and seeks to merge biology with technology. It also is serving a depopulation agenda by increasing mortality and reducing birth rates, not to mention the long-term effects that will shorten lifespans in the future. Some have speculated that by altering DNA in a few generations, the human race may actually go extinct. Running away and hiding is hardly an option. There is nowhere to go. Pretending it isn't going on may make you feel a little better for a little while, but that is like going to the movies and pretending you don't have a mortgage payment due. There is no choice but to engage. Asymmetrical warfare requires asymmetrical resistance, creative, active resistance. So it sounds a little bit doom and gloom there, but I think what he's not really emphasizing is the great awakening that is happening, that people are looking at what's going on in the world and and really starting to ask questions about it. So to counter that rather negative view, and, and You know, I'm not against negative views because what they do is they wake people up to what's going on. If if people aren't awake to it, then we can't 
actually resist what's happening or do anything to solve the problem. But I think we need to balance it so we don't get too depressed thinking that, you know, it's a lost cause. Uh, so this is a substack again from Sasha Latipova. Friday, good news. Of course, that was published yesterday on Friday. The CDC witch is on the run and a new medical system emerging. Quick post with some breaking good news. Rochelle Walensky, a co-conspirator behind the deployment of biochemical weapons on the Americans and global populations, has resigned from the CDC. According to a complaint filed by Lisa McGee at Vax Choice, Walensky was never properly sworn in when appointed to her office, and her signed affidavit stated that she was not a director of CDC, but a senior advisor. I don't know if her resignation is related to this, but one can hope it is. And it's got a screenshot of the oath, the actual appointment affidavit. Many of the top executive branch officials, both in HHS and DOD, were not properly sworn in, nor signed their affidavits. And then it links to another article on this subject which is from covidlawcast.com. Removal of officers of the United States. Most have not fulfilled the oath and affidavit requirements properly. An experiment is running in Washington, D.C. to attempt to remove most of the Biden administration after months of attempting to verify whether federal employees properly swore their oaths of office and signed their affidavits, it turned out this requirement is being overlooked. Lisa McGee's initiating complaint is here, and that's a link. The process to do so is in the DC code, and there's another link. Additionally, under Article 6, Clause 3, federal officials who fail to take the oath of office don't meet the constitutional requirements for holding their positions. Disregard and disrespect for long-standing legal requirements is par for the course for governments throughout the COVID crisis. And then back to the good news article. Another piece of good news on Friday is I received a note from Dr. Sam Sigaloff, who is a DOD whistleblower fighting illegal mandates. A new medical board system is being established through the tribal health system. I believe this is one of the ways to rebuild our society and importantly re-establish physician-patient relationship based on trust and care. Here is more information for those who are interested. I just got off of a live Clout Hub broadcast with Todd Callender, attorney, where I discussed getting a medical license through the First Nation Medical Board. And little did I know that I had already had my new medical license in my inbox when I spoke. With this medical license, I can practice across state lines as long as the patient that I prescribe medicine to is a member of the Crow Tribe. The patient must only pay about $35 to become a member for a year. I must also donate 5% of my proceeds as a tax-deductible donation to the tribe. I must also put up a sign outside of my clinic that says members only or not for public. But this is a way to practice medicine without having to worry about the racketeering going on with the state medical boards. Other good news is, according to 
um, Forbidden Knowledge TV. The House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer issued a congressional subpoena Wednesday demanding that the FBI produce an unclassified record saying it alleges a criminal scheme involving the then Vice President and a foreign national. The subpoena was issued after a whistleblower made legally protected disclosures to Senator Chuck Grassley's office. According to the whistleblower, the document is an FBI-generated FD-1023 form, and it details an arrangement involving an exchange of money for policy decisions. The subpoena to FBI Director Chris Wray demands all FD-1023s containing the word Biden and all accompanying attachments and documents. And by the way, the article is headed treason. Meanwhile, there's some interesting moves happening related to Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s run for nomination as the Democrat candidate for the presidential election in 2024. And, you know, I said last week that I believe that his role is very much to red pill the Democrats and the the left wing people who have been, you know, propping up Biden and so on. And those who continue to be victims of the propaganda saying that the economy is thriving and all the other lies that the Biden administration tells. Now, one interesting thing that came up, and this was, I think, on Telegram. Um, if you go to my US UK Patriot channel there, I've got a lot of recent posts from different channels that have all this information. So you can kind of dig deeper into that. But, you know, wondering if it's a two-pronged red pill information attack with Trump and RFK Jr. and maybe even three-pronged with Tucker. Now, the interesting thing is, um, I can't remember who it was, but showed a domain red registration of kennedy2024.com which was registered in 2016 and updated just before he announced on the 16th of April 2023 and you know I think well maybe this is part of the plan to have you know RFK Jr. running um, for the Democrat nomination with Trump running on the Republican side, and they're both working to, you know, against the deep state. Now, this is a number of extracts from interviews that RFK Jr. did. Um, Americans get nothing in return while the government wastes $24 trillion. We spent $8 trillion on the war in Iraq and got worse than nothing. We spent $16 trillion on the pandemic, on the lockdown, and again not got nothing in return. Now the Fed is committed to printing another $300 billion for Silicon Valley Bank. There are 30 million Americans who are starving right now. And it's hard to go to people like that. People who have been honest, who have played by the rules, who have done everything that they were supposed to do with the promise that they will be taken care of, that their health care would be taken care of in old age. You go to those people and say, OK, now we're going to cut your food stamps and try to feed yourself stamps and try to feed yourself on $25 a month. Try to feed yourself at $25 a week. We're telling them that. And then a second clip, RFK, RFK Jr., CIA definitely involved in JFK's assassination. 
They were definitely involved in the murder and the 60-year cover-up, he declared. They're still not releasing the papers that legally they have to release. For anybody who has doubts about that, I would recommend a book by Jim Douglas called JFK and the Unspeakable, because I think he's done a better job than anybody else at kind of assembling and distilling all of the millions and millions of documents that have been released over the past 50 years. And these revelations are released incrementally, and so nobody really takes notice of them. But when you put them all together, the story is very clear. And another one, RFK Jr. defends Julian Assange and Edward Snowden. Why are we push punishing the whistleblower? Congress passed laws based upon Snowden's revelations to protect the American people. So why are we punishing the whistleblower rather than punishing the people who were illegally spying on us, asked Mr. Kennedy. That's what we should be doing. We shouldn't be jailing dissenters in our country. We shouldn't be jailing whistleblowers. We should be jailing the people who break the law. And another, Robert Kennedy Jr. suspects the Biden admin of making efforts to prolong the Ukraine war. All the decisions the United States has made since the start have been about prolonging the war, about maximizing the violence of the war, and being absolutely intransigent against the many opportunities to actually settle the war, expressed Mr. Kennedy. And my understanding of the war is not that Zelensky is pushing this war as hard as he can, but that the neocons in the White House want this war. RFK Jr. again, the Ukraine conflict really started in 2014 when the U.S. overthrew the Ukraine government. I would say that the real story starts in 2014 when the U.S. government and particularly the neocons in the White House and elsewhere participated in and supported the overthrow violent overthrow, a coup d'etat against the democratically elected government of the Ukraine and put in a very, very anti-Russian government, detailed Mr. Kennedy. The government that came into the Ukraine began enacting a series of laws that turned the Russian populations of the Donbass region into second-class citizens. They illegalized essentially their culture, their language, and they began ultimately killing them. They killed 14,000 of them, and it prompted a civil war in the country. So hopefully he's waking people up on the left to the truth about all of this and the ridiculousness of the standing with Ukraine. Um, we've also got a lot of other corporates tanking because of their... Uh, embrace of the LGBTQI, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, etc. Um, uh, the CEO of Anheuser-Busch has been trying to dig himself out of the hole that he's made where nobody is buying Bud Light anymore. And he put out a statement basically saying, well, it was just one can and it, it was only one appearance and it wasn't a full campaign. And yet, you know, people aren't accepting this um, because there's no apology. There's nothing to say. I'm really sorry that we alienated our core consumers. And somebody put out a video sh from a football game showing long lines at um, all the beer stands other than Bud Light. So <laughs> they're really in the tank. I think the sales are now down 26% since 
they shot themselves in the foot. Anyway, that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. Uh, I'd like to thank Nancy for producing and to Derek Condit for being the sponsor of Cosmic Reality Radio. He's, his website is mysticalwares.com. Do go and take a look at it. He has some wonderful Shungite products and other metaphysical goodies. And just as a reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net. And so until next time, stay well, be safe, and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com. 